for the third time in season two this is pitch invasion where we talk all things african football and of course casting an eye on what is happening on the european landscape and South African football is up and running. We had the second round of the APSA Premiership over the past weekend. Before we touch on that, let me remind you, my name is Loazi Sikubu. I'm Kolo Makwaza. 1-0 to the Arsenal. And Emeka Enyadiki. Um, we're still hanging there. Who's we? We. Mind people. We. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You are listening to the Pitch Invasion Podcast. The podcast for football tribalists. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have a Nigerian team anymore, uh, oh, unfortunately. Interesting. Uh, what's Dolphins that. FC? No, my team used to be Sharks. Uh-huh. Um, they got, they got um, made with Dolphins. They are now called Rivers United. Not Dolphin Sharks. No. <laughs> unfortunately, shark, shark, unfortunately shark, shark, I just... I, just um, I, I wish them well every week, mm. uh, but I don't have the same connection like I, I had with Sharks. Mm. Sharks was yeah. my DNA, just what? like just like Liverpool is. You know, you, you speak about this connection, and uh, I have to I have to be honest. Over the last maybe three seasons, my connection to my two favorite teams has also subsided somewhat. Back home, that team I'm talking about is Kaiser Chiefs, but. They are top, top of the log. They are top of the log. Top of the log. And when I said it the first week, I said it even last log. week, even last week, you guys yeah. said, uh, what are you saying? They, <laughs> they are top of the log and, and their top scorer is, is uh, the center back. I was going to touch on that. I will touch <laughs> you on know, that. I you know, I thought about you when you scored only... that. You were the first person I thought about when the moment that goal going, I was like, oh, Amika said this. And you know I'm what? like, Amika was like, this guy's back. This guy's he's like, not, like, he's oh, not the only center back that's sitting atop the charts, but we'll touch on that uh, a bit later. But again, Kaiser Chiefs, a much better performance this time um, uh, against Black Leopards. Etegwini. Uh, compared to the clash against Highlands Park, and uh, much more positive signs if you are a Chiefs fan. Yeah, the, look, I mean, it's a great start, two and two, um, you know, and they're playing well. That's the most important thing yeah. I think with Chiefs is that you know, you know, last season they sort of grinded results. It looked like you know the results were lucky. Mm. This season, you know, it doesn't look like there's any luck to it. They're actually playing well, and I mean, you know, obviously we touched on uh, Tower, the Eric Matoa, and I think. You know, this guy, he's rejuvenated himself. I don't know. He's literally come from the shadows. I mean, Chiefs had defensive issues last season. And I know he was struggling with injuries and, you know, he was just out of favor most Mm. of the time. And he's come back with some hunger this season. And I mean, for him to be on the goal-scoring front as well, you know, it's good news for Chiefs because you've got a confident guy. And, you know, it it bodes well for Ernst Middendorf because, remember, he was under pressure last season. I mean, I I even heard rumors that he might not even come into the season as the new coach. So it's a great start for him. And um, this is what you want, you know, in terms of South African football because Chiefs, you know, um, need to double-check these numbers, but they are the biggest (laughs) club in uh, South Africa. No need to uh, double-check. Support-wise. And those are dodgy trophies they've won. (laughs) You know, so to have them, you know, uh, on, on, on the front foot, you know, leading the league, um, back in, you know, in the conversation yeah. in terms of South African football, I know it's only two games, but I mean, two games ago, lost, the first two games last season, you know, we're already, I was, I was, you know, throwing big questions about Chiefs. I was so. going to touch on that because I think it took them about five or six games to win for the first time yeah. uh, last season in terms of how they started. Jogging Sundowns, hammered by Vitz. 
And then they had a couple of they had a nil-nil in there somewhere. It was a 2-2 against Leopards last season. So... They, 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 they seemingly is and a, threw away a lot of leads yeah, last season absolutely, as well. And this absolutely. season looks like you know they're managing yeah. to hold on to a lead, so yeah. which is good. No, very good. It's good to see Kaiser Chiefs play like that. It's good to see, and I guess, I mean, you know, whenever they go to Durban, Durban is, is, is literally their second home. Well, their home. I mean, uh, we, we went yeah. there a few years ago for I think it was Soccer X, Soccer X Africa, and uh, a lot of people came from the UK. And so I, I rode in the same bus with them going to yeah. the the game because yeah. we, have, we now got uh, free tickets to, to watch the Chiefs versus Amika Flexing on us again what? and I'm just <laughs> kidding free things eh? like, well, when are you paying for things well you know sometimes you when you you're part of the football mob you know oh, the football mob yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. Do, do go on <laughs> so I mean we were going there and there was just like Kaiser Chiefs fans all over the place mm. and a couple of the guys turned to me and said like you know is Kaiser Chiefs actually based there or they're based in Johannesburg because you know they, and then we got into the stadium and they were it was like 80% Chiefs fans and yeah. 20% for the home team it was, it was just just uh, ridiculous and I mean I, I guess they, they've taken a giant leap forward uh, in trying to forget what happened the last time they were at the Moses Mabita Stadium uh, before this past weekend no, forget that. <laughs> uh, how, no. how would they forget that forget that <laughs> It hasn't been a happy hunting ground when it comes to cup competitions. Let's, let's, that we have to be honest about. But again, they've uh, started really well. Two wins in two. Uh, scored now, how many, how many goals? That's four. Yeah. Four. <laughs> two of them belong to Tawa. Uh, I think that's five. It's five, yeah. It's no, five. but they won the first game 3-2. Three, 3-2 two. Three, two, and then 2, uh, yeah, 5. Okay. So, uh, so it's, 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 it's 5, 2 of those belonging to Tower. I, I saw there was another chance that he got, uh, I think, late, uh, late yes, in the game. Yes, yes. Where he, vo- I was just like, look at that volley. This guy, he's on a mission. <laughs> he's on a warpath, you know. Oh, man, had that gone in. Can you imagine? But I did mention earlier that he's not the only centre-back that is on two goals. Mzwanele Mahashe over at Bloom Celtic. It's amazing how football does work because if you look at the, the, the game one of the season, he was on the bench uh, for Celtic at Pirates and then had to come on because uh, Lekabiga got injured. Came on, scored. And then on Sunday as well, <laughs> he was one of five Five men on the score sheet. You know what's interesting for about w- w- what you're saying about yeah. the goal scorers? Yeah. Is that they're on two goals. Mm. They're going to go some four months being in the top <laughs> part of, of the charts in South African football That's with the lack true. of goals that we score. So those two names are going to stay there up until October, and, you know, as, as one of the few, you know... Yeah. Um, or Limelon's one of the few, one of the leading goal scorers. Yeah. Those two for, for quite a while. With those two goals. <laughs> That's how crazy... Or let's just say disappointing the scoring is in South Africa. I can football. definitely agree with that. And uh, I mean, again, a word of, 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 of well, I have to mention Kwanam uh, Gonyama as well, who also got on the score sheet for Madsburg yeah. United as a centre-back, but playing as a right wing-back. Yeah, guys, this 2019-20 season has I got think, I, I think a lot the, to the, the, the shock for me was, you know, uh, Celtic. Mm. You know, and and I, I think that... This season, we probably don't know what what's going to happen. It's it's looking like like one of those seasons where um, there will be like seven or eight eight contenders. I can I can really get behind that. I can get behind. I mean, that. Celtic look good against Pirates. You know, they That's just the thing. They just they, built they, they on. Just, mm. You know, they played obviously top two yeah. uh, best teams in the country, so that result was not surprising if they'd lost, mm. uh, which they eventually did, but. You know, they, their football was still, you know, really... It looked positive. They were on yeah. the front foot. They were on the charge. And they could have even scored a couple of goals against Pirates. Yeah. So, 
you know, to see five, look, I'm not surprised that they scored a lot. Five was the, I think, the surprise. But, you know, when I looked at them against Pirates, I thought, man, you know, Celtic mean business yeah. this season. And they really do. They really do. The way that they, they, they played against Pirates, the way that they played against Arrows. And um, I, was talking, I was talking to uh, uh, Mzamo just uh, before we started about uh, Coach Steve Gombella. Before the game, he had mentioned just how important it will be to be still be defensively compact on transition because the team that loses the ball and arrows and, and Celtic they play very similar type of football so the team that loses the ball will be under a lot of pressure and literally 30 seconds into the game arrows lose the ball Mabena goes scores 12th minute same thing happens they lose the ball on transition they get punished and you can see just the way that and, and John Maduga have set up their team. We touched on them last week and gave them a lot of praise. Um, you can see the way that they've, they've, they've structured that team. A lot of young, fresh-faced players who have got no fear and going forward, at the very least, are extremely, extremely impressive. And that's what you get when you've got a, a pipeline from the MDC that really is feeding Bloemfontein, uh, Bloemfontein Celtic. And they've shown that they've got ability in bags. I think one thing they've, they've done is they've struggled in the last couple of seasons with with finances. Yeah. And, you know, we always had they were going to be sold and all yeah. kind of things. So I think, you know, for me, which I think would be a shame because, you know, Bloomfield Celtic are a classic example of how a, a community club yeah. should, should be. And so, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see them being able to uh, pull in a, a lot of young stars into the team. And actually go out there and, and, and enjoy themselves. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks and see, you know, if they're going to sustain it. Because mm-hmm. I think that that once you, once you have these youngsters and you give them the belief, and they know that okay, they're going to play every week. Yeah. They'll, they'll do everything to stay in, stay in the team yeah. rather than lose out to some some more experienced players. So, um, it's something we haven't seen so much in in the PSL. Um, with teams being willing to to sometimes did that a few years ago with Percy mm. and some of the youngsters, but yeah. I think that that this is this is really interesting. I, it, it, to echo your point, you know, I think when you look at it this way, they're almost forced to do that because of their finances, exactly. yeah. and you know that pressure has you know resulted in a few diamonds that we see in Bloom Celtic and. It might be, well, it should be a cursor to a lot of PSL teams. Like, look, you've got the MTC and all these reserve teams and your academies. Let's yeah. start filtering in a lot of these guys because yeah. some of them, you know, are, you, we don't know what they have until you actually throw them out there. Yeah. And they get lost, you know, playing, you know, either to NFD sides or ob- obscure leagues and so forth. And, you know, we, we never get to see them reach to that full level. And I think it's also important for Celtic to stay in the league because remember now, they're the only free state team there, yep. you know. And if we want to spread football across the countries, you know, all four corners and in the heart, you know, we've got to have a team in Bloemfontein. Yeah. We've got to have a team doing well, you know. And I also think it's, we have to add that I don't think it was difficult for them to be motivated for that game. I think all they had to do was show a picture of Steve Comper. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I think the, the, the Celtic owners made sure that, listen, this guy, we cannot lose to this guy. So make sure that we beat this team and beat them good. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, before we move on, a lot of positives uh, from that game for Celtic. Uh, I think the one, 
Mendy Masuku, um, you know, we, uh, a player who Rejuvenated a couple of well. you know a couple of seasons ago had so much potential. We're thinking, okay, this guy can take the next step. You know, went off the boil a bit, but he he looks like a man who's you know uh, intent on on getting back to those levels. He's still got plenty of time on his hands as well. And lastly, the return of the Siwelele crowd, the return of seeing Celtic fans fill the stadium and sing their lungs out from minute one to minute 90. That for me was really amazing to see. And you speak about Steve Gombella after the game. Uh, as I was chatting to, to uh, Siema, Alessandro Siema, Gombella made dash to, to the fans to join them in, I don't want to say celebration because he had just been hammered 5 no, but I guess just in 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 saluting the crowd and, and saying, yes, I might have left the team uh, under some difficult circumstances, but I'm still with you. You're still, you know, because it's home for him as well, you know. Yeah. So that yeah. was good to see. That was really amazing to see. And I uh, hope we, we, we get, you know, similar scenes as we go on uh, in the season. But again... Boom Celtic, they are taking a lot of confidence to a big game that they're going to be coming up uh, uh, against uh, uh, this coming weekend in the MTN8. They've got uh, a certain Mamelodi Sundowns in sight in the quarterfinals of the MTN8. Now, let's talk about the CAF Champions League. Uh, it has started, it is underway, uh, or rather the uh, CAF club competitions. Uh, not a great start for South African teams in the top tier of uh, the flagship tournaments on the African continent, Ola. Yeah, it wasn't a, a good start, you know. I, I, I think Pirates, um, they sort of underestimated um, Green Eagles. And, you know, I've actually watched quite a bit of Green Eagles, you'll be surprised. Yeah. And they're actually not bad. They're actually not bad. Yeah. I mean, they they are up there with the Zanakos um, yeah. and, um, the, sorry, the Zeskos, you know, in, in the Zambia Super Division, you know. So they're actually quite a decent team. And... You know, to walk away with a 1-0 loss away from home, you know, I don't care. Champions League, have Champions League. There's nothing too bad. You can't yeah. be too no, disappointed not about that. Mm. It's not terrible. You know, but they just have to get the job done. And my only problem is that, which was the same thing we discussed last week with Pirates, is that, you know, they tend to sleep in games. And again, you know, it was a moment where Pirates were just sleeping. And before you know it, boom, a goal goes in. And you cannot do that 1-0 mm. down away from home coming into the second leg. They're going to have to really play a complete performance from start to finish mm. and, of course, keep a clean sheet. So that does worry me. But I know I'm a Pirates fan, but I'm going to push that aside. TS Galaxy, how about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I this is something I've been calling for last season, that, you know, we need to get more teams into continental football. We yeah. need to see the TS Galaxies what those type of teams can do, you know, against the sort of um, uh, African sides. Because yeah. for me, you know, we have an idea, an indication of what Chiefs, Pirates and Sundowns can do, right? Of course, they can go pretty far and pretty deep. But for me, it's the next level, the next tier of mm. South African teams that I need to see. And obviously, you know, Vits and Supersport are also powerhouse in South African football. But even, you know, slightly below those guys, yeah. you know, in terms of reputation, I want to see what our football is like, you know, across the continent. And I think... You know, we, we, we need to keep an eye on TS Galaxy and give them all uh, support and, you know, just praise the efforts that they've done. I mean, in their first outing in yeah. um, 
continental football and they walk away with a victory. That is huge. Uh, uh, they've highlighted their ambitions. I mean, they haven't hidden, you know, uh, exactly what they want to do and their plans. And I guess this is this result anyway is, is just a uh, you know another step forward uh, for a team like TS Galaxy, who, as far as they're concerned, are good enough to be playing uh, top-flight football in South Africa. For, for me, I think that you know they've just under, uh, proven that their, their, their win in the, in the cup mm. or, or how far they got in the cup wasn't wasn't uh, the fluke. Yeah. And you know, for, for them, this would be like a logical step. You know they do well in Africa, mm. and hopefully, they, they they do it much better in the NFD and get get into the PSL because yeah. um, that's a team that is showing that they're they're very well run. They're looking like a, a team that that has um, a good um, how would I put it a good um, orientation and in, and also uh, perspective as to where they want where they want to be. Yeah, and you know uh, something that. Chiefs haven't done in the last couple of years is, is take African club competition seriously. Mm, not uh, I'm glad yeah, to see yeah. to see um, uh, you know a young team getting in, in the mix and also um, hopefully they become a name that become, that, that people get to, get to record with in Africa. Mm. Well, we certainly will be watching their progress in the CAF Confederation Cup with keen interest and uh, a word a word as well on Namibia Sundowns and 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 their defeat again only two one but uh, still. Uh, the the alleged cracks within the sundown setup that uh, people have talked about since the start of the season, um, I guess that just fan the uh, fla- fan the, the, that that flame that people are seeing that there might be one or two uh, cracks within the sundown setup. Uh, a result like that? No, I don't think so. I think that sundowns, um, you know, they they they're suffering from like an afterburn because mm. they've been playing, you know, you know, for the past couple of seasons yeah. and not getting enough enough break. Um, and then you know they were back in precision, and not too long ago they were in Zambia. Mm. Um, I think that you know they've, they've got an, they've got an away goal, so they'll they'll come back home and they need to, they just one 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 nil to qualify. And I think yeah. they've got the experience and know how. And um, at home they're also a very different team, so I think that they they will pull through uh, and get a result. But this should be a warning for them that you know they shouldn't underestimate any team mm. in, in Africa. In as much as they they have made waves in the last couple of years. Um, they definitely need need to step up and, and be what they are because that's what Alali and all, all the other big teams when they play against yeah. teams that they should beat they're actually good and beat them yeah I'm, I'm not so worried about Sundowns to be honest with you I mean this is you know they've been they've got a hand on African football now yeah. you know so obviously a defeat is disappointing uh, for that particular result but you know the overall picture I think Sundowns will come through and they'll get it together like Amika said I think there's a bit of fatigue. Remember, not just the squad, but they've got a handful of Bafana players as well and international players. Mm. So some of those guys, I don't even think have had more than two weeks of rest in the last three to four years. So I think once, you know, the, the season just pans out and everybody just, you know, gets more settled, yeah. back to business for Sundowns. Okay, so we do expect to see Sundowns and Pirates get back on the winning trail in the second leg of uh, the CAF Champions League. But uh, there's been so much happening in South African football just within the first two weeks of the new season. We've seen the, the Master Choice Disky Challenge. Uh, it's massive, that's what they call it now. Uh, you know, bigger and better. We've seen the start of that. Uh, we've got varsity football on the go. We've got the Absa Premiership on the go now. But uh, some excitement, real excitement have, uh, has been coming out of uh, the the the. the first division of South African football, which from here on in is going to be called the Glad Africa Championship. And it gets underway this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. 
And uh, there's a certain team that will make a lot of uh, the old topies, the older uh, uh, generation, very happy in South African football. Morocco Swallows. You know what? I'm going to be watching a lot more Swallows games than I probably <laughs> would have thought I would too. My dad's a Swallows fan. Yeah. So I can imagine, you know, the excitement that, you know, he must be having and a lot of, like you said, old topies. Because, you know, a lot of people, the youngsters listening in, better remember that the original Soweto Derby is actually Pirates and Morocco Swallows. Yeah, that's, and, a sto- that's a story now. And <laughs> Swallows, you know, are... Talk about the, the the pillars or the foundations of South African football. Yeah. You're talking about Morocco Swallows. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you, you go to the Andres uh, Chakampond or the Asimninis of, of, of this world, and then you can go back to, you know, the guys that we had, like the um, Sizanombe, oh, uh, Leif, um, I Leif, uh, Lupa, yeah, yeah. Gary McNabb, oh, Warren geez. Lewis. You know, the, the list is endless. I mean, even the likes of Steve Lukole who made their debuts at 16. So Swallows have a rich pedigree yeah. in South African football. So it's really good to have them back. And you hope that this time around, you know, they learn their lesson and they get their act together off the field. Because I think one of the biggest problems with Swallows, which is something that I know from, you know, insight, is that there was a lack of organization and foresight. Mm. And that's why they fell behind. And I mean, you look at the fact that there was a year, I uh, can't remember the specific date, where they were literally a Hans Funk mistake away from winning from the winning, Premier yeah. League title. Yeah. Hans Funk playing for Ajax, handing, you know, Pirates, <laughs> Pirates the goal. Yeah. And, you know, Swallows and Gordon Egerson lost the title that year. And that could have changed the course of history. You know what I mean? Swallows would have won a title. Oh, 2012 or 2010. Somewhere there. I can't remember the exact date, but that would have changed the course of history. (coughs) And, you know, two years after that, they went to oblivion. Mm. So you need teams like that, you know, to get back into the mix in terms of conversation. And to me, it would be the equivalent of Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, if you want to take it, you know, for use an example from abroad. So, I think it's exciting. Hopefully, they just do the right thing. Hopefully, they get the right people in, you know, behind the scenes as well mm. to take the club. And I think this is an exciting time for South African football. This is, like I said, one of the giants of our game. You know, they're back in the fold. And who knows? I mean, opportunities like the Netbank Cup, as yeah. you can see with TX Galaxy, they got that. And, you know, they won that and they're back in African football. So, hopefully, you know, competitions like that. You know, get swallows. You know, back in the in the fray, and let's get let's get back to you know the Rand Stadium swallows. Let's get back to those days, man. You know, I I actually do miss that. What was that maroon and white? Oh yeah. You know, I oh, hope yeah. they don't change anything about the club. <laughs> the badge must stay the same. You know, don't fly me, fly with the birds. Don't follow me, follow the birds. That needs to stick. We need swallows back in South African football. Well, credit to the people that are actually, you know, that are responsible for making it happen and making sure that swallows is back in the forefront of of South African football. And I guess they're back in in this league uh, that they're going to be playing in in a very good period as well where sponsorship has come in and now we are also going to be seeing some of the games uh, televised live, which is something that has been you know, uh, long, uh, long, of long, long. So long it's a really good move that has been made by Glad Africa. You know really... who first called for that? Of all people, Carlos Alberto Pereira when he oh, came goodness. to South Africa. First of all, he 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 was actually the reason they established the Monday Reserve League. Yeah. Because he was saying, guys, we can't be having a professional league, and you know, th- there's no reserve league. So yeah. they started the Monday Reserve League, and then, you know, 
somewhere along the line we have you know obviously disky challenge is, is a is an entity on its own but he called for the first division yeah, but, yeah, but nfd was be, nfd was very well organized remember it was sponsored by Mvela. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 but he called for that to be televised he called for that to say guys look we need a reserve league your first division has mm. to be you know at least be seen and, and be viewed so that people can see these players yeah and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i remember uh, a time you know when it was still the Mvela league where there was some buzz and excitement and Pure Shabalala actually played for Bafana while playing yes. in the NFT for Free State Stars. Yeah. So that means that, you know, he, he got the spotlight and he was seen. And they were like, man, okay, let's just wait for the transfer window. This guy's out of here. Yeah. So now we can get to see a lot of these players. And obviously, I'm sure the performances of players, you know, changes some 10, 15% where you know you're being televised. Yeah. So it's just good for the better of the game overall for South African football. Yeah, we cannot wait for it to get to get going and... Uh, you know, hopefully by by the time you know by this time next year we're talking about a successful glad africa championship and uh, you know everyone that is part of it uh, will certainly be looking forward to it as well because again the financial uh, um, the money's there guys the money muscle there. that has been pull, pull, you know pulled in is 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 great is great for the south african national first division we've needed it for a long time and it's finally here let's move abroad now and uh, have a chat about well uh, we we spoke uh, last week about what is definitely everyone's favorite team now in South Africa, uh, Club Rouge, and uh, their their social media team, uh, which I'm sure right now is scratching their head because there's a South African uh, fan page or a fan account um, on on Twitter that has literally just hijacked everything about Club Rouge, and it's 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 great to see. But I can imagine if you're in charge, you're the admin in charge of uh, the official account of Club Rouge, you're just wondering. Because again, <laughs> there's a lot of South Africans who are not only uh, you know using English in, in, in engaging, they're using our own languages as well, which is again uh, really awesome to see on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, if we want the land, we want the social media accounts as well. So we're coming to take everything, you know, all at once. And I mean, you've got our brightest star abroad killing it. That's two in two. Yeah. And you know, I and I can Guys, see I'm that still, I'm still, I'm like. It's not. It's not even. It's not tap-ins. It's not. It's the second goal. I mean, that was fantastic. Again, first touch, and then he's just he, wow. You, you know, um, I'm reminded of Musiso Zuma a lot when yeah. I see the Percy Tau story yeah. because this is exactly the same sort of path that Musiso Zuma went when he went to Copenhagen. Yeah, was that you know this exciting guy from South Africa, who, and remember Musiso Zuma, he was a wide player. Who could actually play anywhere up front? Yeah. And essentially, Percy Tau is the exact same sort of player. And what I like is they're both level-headed. Mm. You can tell that for them, it's business first. They're not going to be worrying about the weather, whether you know, the, the food and the culture is different. They're there to do a job. Yeah. And two in two, I mean, already you you set yourself up with amongst the fans. And once the fans, you know, get a liking of you, which is something that. I saw with Musiso Zuma, the fans really got behind him. And he's considered a club legend. Mm. So much so that Zuma's got, you know, FC Copenhagen's goal of the century. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So once Percy, you know, established himself on the field, 
that then is going to translate to the fans and that helps a big deal in in Europe for African players when the fans get on your side mm. because then you know I, I mean in, in Europe unlike in Africa fans actually have a huge say yeah. with how the clubs run things especially those um, type of clubs like the Club Bruges and a lot of the yeah, some, of them, some of them have ultras as well uh, you know yeah. the clubs with ultras yeah. so yeah. if you get in with those guys do you know what I mean you could have a really really good career there so I like what Percy is doing on the field, but I like what he's doing. Well, let me just say, I like that it's going to help his case and his cause even more mm. with the fans outside the field because a, that's where, you know, he needs to also. Tap here's, here's, here's a report from from Result Sports, just just an update uh, sent through from Mario. Um, he says Club Club Bruges has gained thirty thousand followers on Facebook in the last two weeks. Yeah, half coming from South Africa, and. Um, on Instagram, he says it's been a bit quiet, which is about 10,000 10, with 3,000 coming from, from South Africa. I'm one of them. And they're still compiling the, the one for Twitter where mm. they think that there's a lot more 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 traction. Yeah, yeah so but Mario's Mar- Mar- making a huge mistake there because there's Twitter and then there's black Twitter. So yes. <laughs> can, can Mario just dissect Twitter and then see if, you know, whether the numbers are on black Twitter? <laughs> I'm not sure he's aware of that. You know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad you you, you, you mentioned Spusis uh, Zuma because can you imagine if if back then, you know, and I'm talking about the whole the whole thing, you know, we're touching on Marcus Wallers now and just how good a period this is for them to be back in the forefront with what's happening with uh, the Glad Africa Championship. Uh, you look at Sbusi Suzuma, you look at someone like Sean Bartlett, someone like Lucas Hadebe, who is revered at Leeds. That guy does not have to pay for a single meal Do you in understand Yorkshire. What I mean? Now imagine, and, and a lot of a lot of the, the I guess, the lack of, of knowledge from a South African point of view uh, about all of that is we didn't have access to it. Yeah. You know, imagine if there was Twitter and there was all those things back then. Lozzy, yesterday. Imagine. Right? Yesterday. Yeah. Last night, 24 hours ago. Yeah. Okay. I was on out work and I was roping in a young guy and I said, well, you know, don't judge the PSL or, you know, what you see now. This is yeah. not the best time. You know, we're, it's, yeah. a, it's a revolution going on. Our, our, our players are coming back. Do you know who Sisa Zuma is? I had to pull him by the ear. <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Watch. Do you know what I mean? And I had to show him that goal yeah. of the century. Mm. And I'm like, this is the caliber that we had in South African football. Yeah. But Musiso Zuma picked up the baton from the Lucas Khatebes, yeah. from the, the Phil Massingas, the and, and then the Bennies took it, the Stephen yeah. Pinos, and so forth. So what Percy Tao is doing here is massive because there's also a cultural change that he has to uh, sort of impart in our place. Because South Africans, as people, this is outside of football, we're not the most traveled people and yeah. we're not the most world-versed people, right? We're very, we're, we're introverts. Mm. And uh, as much as we're allowed here, but take us outside of our country, we're introverts, yeah. right? And that's where a lot of players have struggled. And Percy right now is flying a flag so high, the baton that he's carrying, right? He's actually, you, you know, in a relay, he's, mm. he's the guy that, he's not finishing. Yeah. He's the guy giving everybody a good start. Yeah. So players need to, have a look at that and, and and draw inspiration from that because we sit here and we watch um, the other African teams and you look at, you know, when they pull up the team lineup mm. and they pull out the names and then the clubs there, you're seeing Arsenal, Chelsea, mm. Man United, Brutal Again, yesterday, I had to pull that same individual. Say, go look at our 2002 World Cup squad, oh, Bafana Bafana. Do you know, right? 23-man yeah. squad, okay? Do you know how many local players we had? 
in the, take a guess 23 man squad no that, that, that's too few one is too few take a guess take a, an educated guess it's probably 23 still, probably four, 23 five. educated uh, guess three right not bad six six okay six out of 23 yeah. in the squad that went to Korea Japan yeah Right, six out of twenty-three. I'm looking there. Watford, Fulham, mm. Standard Liège, uh, Locomotive Sofia, Locomotive yeah. Moscow, United. Porto, mm. Manchester United. That is what we need in our country, especially at the national level. So, mm. what Percy Dow is doing is really, really something that we cannot take lightly, and has to be a blueprint, not only for the current PSL players, mm. but also for the guys that are. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, to say, look, guys, there's the map. There's the blueprint. Yeah. Just following Percy's steps, right? And you too might not be Club Bruges, might be, you know, the Liverpools, the Arsenals, the Portos, yeah. and so forth. So hats off to Deco and, you know, I'm sorry to Bruges social media team but we're taking over we're definitely taking over <laughs> uh, mika just from 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 your point of view i mean from an african perspective that's that's you know the point that Lola is making about this this age that we in uh, is is still is also extremely important because you know we can spend the whole day counting the number of legends that the african continent has produced and you know you'd been for, you've been fortunate to see a big number of them um, but for those Maybe the generation younger than myself, you know, as a 30-year-old, maybe the generation that the, 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 the early nine, the late 90s, uh, mid 90s, they didn't get a chance to see. You know, the only way they can see those players is again YouTube and things like that. So yeah. the, the social media space is just is playing so much more of a role uh, these days than obviously uh, back then. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the difference now is that you know, if someone is doing something remarkable like mm. Percy is doing, yeah, you get to see it. Back then, we had to wait once a week to see a Thursday night Can you show that was a highlight show. And if you manage to squeeze in one or two Africans, yeah. then we know, okay. We had to wait for some was a weekend every Friday. Well, I mean, look, uh, yeah, so that, 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 that's how, that's how it was. So um, right now, we, we which, which for me, I think, you know, the biggest, uh, my biggest problem I have with the PSL is is um, the players need to, need to aspire to to greater things mm. because that's how they they then show that they represent the best the, probably one of the best leagues in Africa because once you've done it at that level yeah. then you go out and, and try and prove yourself um, out there and we saw you know players like uh, you know Benny McCarthy going from he didn't even really make the cut so much in the PSL before yeah. he left you know because it was a seven star Quentin Fortune did Quentin not Fortune, even hear they, a PSL they, whistle yeah. in his life but I mean there are, there are quite quite a few a few good ones I mean Lucas Odebe was very well established here before yeah. he went to England and, and proved, proved himself. So some of these players, they don't want to do, put in the Although hard he was work. like he didn't run against Potoso Makanyi every week. <laughs> yeah. Just, they they, they don't want to put that. in the hard work. And maybe if if, um, if if some of the other players like Neil Tovey and, and Co., you know, were a bit younger by the time South Africa was admitted into yeah. football, they too would, would have made it there. But you look at the progression of South Africa, that team that got to 2002, I thought even the team in 2000 was stronger. Mm. Uh, but 2002, they had brought in a few more younger players. Uh, but they hit their peak in 2000. Unfortunately, they, they, got, they, they met up with Nigeria in the semifinals in AFCON. That was a, a pivotal moment for them. And then, you know, they also had this period where they kept changing coaches. But you you found that had you know, the period. Well, well look, well, look well, I mean, back still then, still have the. <laughs> back then, you know, they, they were. Unnecessary 
change it, yeah. considering how good the team was. Yeah. Um, but when, when you look at, at, at it today, you find the Bafana team struggles to find players who are playing at that level. Yeah. And even though the ones that are playing abroad are playing for uh, teams that are not too good. And I, I, for me, Percy's move to Club Bruges, I think Club Bruges puts him, gives him even more opportunities than, than Brighton. Yeah. Will, no, because with absolutely. Brighton, he probably doesn't get European um, European football. Mm-hmm. But with, yeah. with Club Bruges, he, he, he does well yeah. and, and another team comes in and offers money for him and then he goes. No, literally, the sky is literally the <coughs> limit for him and he's, he's in a space and it seems like every week we, we touch on this, he's in a space where you know, not a lot of South African players in the last 10 years at the very least have had the opportunity to be where you are again playing Champions League football yet you are literally only at the start of your career in Europe. So, all the best to him. We Again, we'll just continue watching and we'll continue uh, bombarding the Club Rouge Twitter account because that's who we are. <laughs> that's literally who we are. But also, we cannot uh, uh, you know, spend too much time without talking about the start, finally, of the Premier League. 2019-2020 is up and running. And I guess, true to form, there was just goals literally everywhere on the opening weekend, uh, including, we have to start with this, uh, for at Old Trafford. Um, again, we were talking about this before we started. As a United fan, I won't even lie, did not see that coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. But uh, 4-0 was the final score. Yeah, <coughs> this 4-0, <coughs> sorry, it looks like the 4-0 of, of Chelsea against against uh, Man United when Mourinho went went back there. Oh yes, yes, yeah. You know, so it's it's um it's a refreshing start. And I think that, you know, Man United if there's a team that's under pressure to try and catch up with with where Liverpool and, and, and especially Man City are. Yeah. It's, it's United, so United, it's good yeah. that they... <laughs> they need to catch up to Arsenal first. <laughs> well, well, there's look, nothing to catch up to. Hang on a second. What are we catching look, up to? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Look, wait, wait, wait. Look, look, what point, what are we is, catching up to? The point is they won 4-0. You, you don't what? go from 6th to 2nd no, first. No, no, no. no they won 4-0. What are we catching which means, up to Which means Arsenal? that as we speak, Please. as we speak, as we speak, you know, we said the same thing about Chiefs last season. Yeah. As we speak, Man United are in the conversation for now. They're... Okay, choose those two games. Man United is no, one listen, game. Can, listen, can we, there's can, nothing to catch can, up to can, with can, Arsenal. We're gonna get to your team, please. Allow Emika. Yeah, so I so I think I think I think for me, you know, getting the result was important and also for Ole because he finished the season really badly after yeah. doing not enough enough to, to get United um, going. So for him, finally, especially with why I was very interested in that game was particularly the fact that he let Lukaku go. Mm. And, and I've always felt that Somehow, whilst Lukaku is such a great striker, I think that you know Roberto Martinez has 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 found a very good way to use him for Belgium, yeah. where he comes deep, and then he finishes up a lot of the flowing moves with Hazard flying um, um, out out wide. Yeah. What I've seen with, with with United is I've always felt that Martial and Rashford give them the freedom of the pack, and and they'll 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 fly. Yeah. And you know you saw. Um, how much that worked with Pogba, um, almost be, being also allowed yeah. a, a bit of freedom. So I think that uh, the United needed this win, and hopefully if they get another win, then yeah. you know that might give them in, in the position. Because right, they're in a very good space now because they they actually play good attacking football. Yeah. Um, defensively, getting one Bissaka and and Harry Maguire how great, has how, made them, how great were, made them were, really yeah. solid. So I wish they kept under Herrera because yeah. they've got probably. For me, maybe the best keeper in the in the, in the world. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he played against played played with a very bad defense in the last couple of seasons. But um, United 
look very very good to get results. They might not. I, I thought maybe for for most of that game, Chelsea played better than better than they did. Yeah. But they, they were focused. They got the results, and yeah, even though Pogba says something about not not being not being sure of where his his future is, yeah. I, I think if I was him, I would settle down and, and just play. Yeah. But you know, I, I must say something about uh, United's win. That was alarming, right? And. This is going to sound contradictory because, I mean, at the start of the game, Chelsea actually played quite well. Yeah. You know, like they were, I would say, you know, no offense to Tim Abrahams, but, um, you know, they were a, a A-grade caliber striker away from taking the lead a couple of times. Yeah. Right. But Tim Abrams has got time to get to that level. He, he should, but, I mean, he should have started with, I, I, Lampard should have started with Giroud. I, I'm getting there, right? Lampard's starting lineup. Okay. That was a preseason starting lineup. Okay, to have no Kante on there, no Giroud, no Marcus Alonso, that was a preseason lineup. And I mean, I mean, I what I don't get with Frank Lampard is that surely in a game of this magnitude, I don't care if guys got off the plane last night. Do you know what I mean? That's the sort of game where it's the first game of the season against a team that's going to be challenging in positions. Mm. Let's put the title aside, right? Yeah. We all know that Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, that top four, if you, you want to put it that way, mm. right? That fourth spot last season could have been any of us three, yeah. right? So in that game, first of the season, you put your damn strongest lineup out there. And that lineup to me was unbelievably weak. I know it's hindsight, but I'm not surprised it eventually got to four. Yeah. Because Chelsea just didn't have the poise. They they look inexperienced as well, right? They did. They, 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 did. they really and, didn't. And for, they looked like they were run for, for first game, you... Don't want to get it wrong, wrong from from the one and, 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 and he got it completely and, wrong. And, and definitely not as Frank Lampard in your first game as well as as coach because, you know, and why, uh, why was Kanti on the bench? Mm. But he cut, oh, so three nil down. Hey, I know. Let's bring Kanti. <laughs> Listen, so I mean, three nil down. The, the, yeah, let's the, bring Kanti. The, the, the whole so thing. If, if he needs to recover, mm. right? Yes, apparently he needs to recover. Three nil down. You're chasing a game and you're bringing on a guy that needs to recover. I'm sorry. The, the, the whole thing is the, the whole thing is with, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. The whole thing with coaches is that you know, well, the 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 the, the narrative is that if a player is good enough to be on the bench, he's good enough to play. So if he is on the bench and you're not you know play, play him. I, I, I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent The Lampard thing that bewildered me was that at three nil down, mm. Kante is going to be doing more running than yeah. at nil nil. Yeah. Okay. Because now Man United are running through. And he has to chase Pogba. He has to chase Martial. He's at a bigger a risk Pogba, yeah. at three 0 down yeah. than he would be at nil nil. So why would you bring him on then? No, that's a fair question. That fair question. Uh, but I mean, so okay, Frank Lampard, um, Imika. Um, it's a crushing defeat first up. But again, he's at, I guess a Chelsea legend. He's English, so he's got plenty of leeway. But it doesn't make things easier now going up to the Super Cup clash against Liverpool because he loses that. And you're already and put out. three steps behind, having just started. Well, look, he can afford to lose the Super Cup. Uh, what he can't afford to lose is the next league game. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he's got everything wrong in terms of his selection. To his credit, he did say, well, I'm not going to get players who are um, not fit yeah. uh, to play. Maybe that's what he had. Maybe he, some of the players needed another one week yep. of recovery to get in, to get into into shape. But nobody, the fans won't won't have it. After a while, it will be, it will be a case of 
you know, and someone made, I had a meme, I saw a meme yesterday, I don't know if it was created or if it actually did it where they said, you know, we don't want, give us a coach, not a legend. You know, it's going to get to that point where, yeah. okay, thank you very much. I mean, uh, a few years ago, Kenny Daglish, probably the last guy to win the league for the, for Liverpool, was manager of... I love it. I love it. A few years ago. You know what I mean? Was, was there, did South Korea even have a national flag at that time? We didn't even have a national flag. Or, you know what I mean? Or a national anthem at the time Liverpool and Kenny Daglish won the league. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can okay. I just say something about... Okay, okay, okay. Can, okay. can I just say something about Frank Lampard? Yeah. Frank Lampard is what you call collateral damage, okay? For everybody that's in first year varsity, go Google what collateral damage is, okay? Let me explain. It, it is a very clever decision and deceptive what Chelsea have done in putting Frank Lampard in. And I think we're not seeing this. You know what they've done, right? They've said, listen, we're in a transfer ban. We know we're going to be terrible, right? We know we're not expecting much. Mm. Let somebody else take that fall, right? Let that be a guy that's trying to earn his straps yep. in Frank Lampard as opposed to getting a big-name coach and, you know, have his legacy and his name tarnished yeah. in a season like this where we cannot sign anybody, we've lost some players, and the squad is not looking good. Mm. Let that rather be Frank Lampard, a new coach, than let it be a guy of, you know, the, the, the top-level coaches. Yeah. And I think that's what they've done here with Lampard. Talk about a hospital pass. They've given him a team with no medical aid, right? <laughs> because I think this team is built for Chelsea to actually fail, right? They cannot sign anyone. So why not let a newbie coach, even if it's a legend, yeah. why not let a newbie coach who's still going to find these traps, and if he fails, there's an excuse for him to say that, oh, well, he didn't get to sign anybody. Yeah. So there is a win-win in this loss-loss situation for Chelsea because if they don't make Champions League and they lose... Both club and Lampard leave with that excuse that transfer window, we couldn't sign, mm. and you know, we still love Frank, it was tough. And they both win in the sense that when they leave, they can reset and say, okay, now we can spend 300 million again. Yeah. Now let's go for, you know, this coach, that coach, and sign this player. <laughs> That's exactly I, what you're I, I don't think so. I think, that, I think that Frank Lampard is not a bad choice. The thing is, sometimes it's Chelsea like how, don't sign not a bad listen, choice. Listen, Chelsea always get that. I, I agree, but Chelsea, if ever there was a, a team that was prepped for a transfer ban, it is Chelsea because Chelsea has over thirty players <laughs> everywhere that they, they have all over the place. If you look at the number of players that Chelsea has sold that became really accomplished players, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, Mo Salah. Uh, Lukaku, all of those players, they all came through the, this same model, which means that you know, with the players that they have, even Tammy Abraham, Abrams, and and you know, I mean, Hosni Odoi almost went to to Bayern. What you will find is that if he is, if he can just pull up his socks and know how to utilize those players, he may not win the league. But he he can. What's realistic? He, what's what's a realistic for finish? For me, I, I think six. with that squad, I think, guys. I think if he can get get that squad into top six, yeah. Okay, uh, I mean, this is. And remember, they still. You mentioned Champions League. You still have Champions League to play. Oh my gosh! It, it, it doesn't look like it's going. Points, to, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be a good Champions League campaign for them. I but mean, again, uh, God forbid they they run. It's only into, game one. God forbid they run into a Barcelona in the group stages, and you've got Tammy Abraham. <laughs> 
trying to crack through that defense. Or, 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 or let's put it this way. You've got Andres Christensen and Kurt Zuma trying to handle Griezmann, Salah, Dembele, Messi. Lord have mercy. Okay, well, let's 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 swiftly move on from from uh, Chelsea uh, and uh, Ola. A quick uh, summation of uh, Arsenal and their first game. One nil to the Arsenal. <laughs> Look, it was a really um, solid performance in the sense that that game last season, Arsenal draw or lose, mm. right? And I think the defense really, you know, held its own and. You know, in the first game of the season away from home against... I mean, Newcastle have spent, guys. You know, they've also reinforced. It was always going to be tricky. And it was a typical sort of performance that uh, a team that is trying to contend, you know, for some form of a, a, a charge some yeah. way, you know, be it uh, the league or be it uh, top four, has to put in at some point in the season. Yeah. And I'm glad it was the first point, uh, first game of the season. Because, like I said, you know, the games, you know, where Arsenal either drew 1-1 or 2-2 or lost 3-2, you know, those were the games where that sort of performance, they didn't grind out results. And, you know, it was also good to see some of the new players, you know, get a feel of uh, British football. And, you know, some of them look decent, you know. Obviously, it's going to take time. I mean, last season, we lost our first two games, mm. albeit, you know, it was Man City and Chelsea back-to-back. But I think this time around, you know, to start with a, a win away from home, clean sheet those are the three boxes that arsenal you know for the last two years have had to take yeah. away wins uh, arsenal the, 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 the chiefs of england now <laughs> chiefs of england sorry like no. okay so that's that's arsenal <laughs> a quick quick uh, 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 report back on uh, liverpool's performance first up um, I, I thought it was it was a very um decent uh, game i thought norwich uh, came out you know, not really afraid to to attack, which is something most teams wouldn't do at Anfield. Yeah. And you know, by by first half the game was 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 practically wrapped up. And I don't think Liverpool got out of second gear uh, to get to four nil. Um, it's unfortunate that they that they they are having to lose Allison for for a couple of weeks, mm. um, which maybe um, someone said something about Adrian maybe having some multi man. <laughs> Uh, with him, like I'm not here. To, I'm not here to deputize. I'm here to play. <laughs> I'm here to play you know, so uh, he's got his, his opportunity. And then you know, the the, uh, the the surprise for me was Origi seems to um, to have carried on from where he left up mm. last, last season. Yeah, taking his chances. So um, it says that you know nobody's gonna. I mean, every everybody in that team will fight for a shirt, especially that club didn't go and sign players. Yeah. It, it then shows also with you know money being away and Origi coming in, had a hand in the first goal, scored um, the, the second goal, and you know you always say things about Roberto Firmino. I thought he was absolutely brilliant on Did the. He score? On, uh, well, he didn't. Did score. he score? He didn't That's score. Well, maybe maybe he needs to change. Origi scored Firmino. <laughs> Firmino needs to change his shirt number to ten. <laughs> then you'll appreciate actually, him. Actually, actually, yes, because he is a ten, not this. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a number nine. He's so not tell club that. <laughs> well, he walks. He thrives in the club system, and and and, and he does a, a damn good job at what yeah. at what, what he does. You know, no, he, they, he really does. He really does. Does so, a good job. We're not surprised. Uh, I mean, two of his teammates were joint top scorers last season, so. Yeah. 
That's we're, not, we're not. Uh, we're not. Uh, we're not and surprised. I guess Liverpool. <laughs> we're not surprised at Liverpool's performance. I guess uh, definitely surprised at United's win. Uh, Arsenal not terribly surprised. Uh, we're not going to touch on City because they just Raheem Sterling. They are illegal. hat trick. No, City is it's City are they illegal. Are they are illegal. Um, what they're doing in, Engl- in, in in English football is they're just ster- they're I mean, steroids. No, you, you it's know, not. It's not. It's not. I, okay. I had City winning that game by a close margin because I thought you know West Ham have also invested mm. away from home first game of the season, and to put five so mercilessly like that with 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 geez. the players that you were you had sitting on the house. Oh, no, man. talk no. about sitting. No, no, I mean, we just, we, just, we just have to acknowledge that Raheem Sterling is. No, he's legit. He he's is world-class. He's, world he's legit. Is and, he? Is he world-class? No, no, no. And it's a travesty, travesty that FIFA committee have not put him on that uh, world-based yeah, nomination. Yeah, he should be there. It's a travesty. Actually, that's true. There's a lot of players. Should, should there. There's a lot of players in that list that just... He should be there. He's, he's, had, he's had a phenomenal year. And I, I think that, you know, people don't appreciate what he does. I, yeah. I thought even, even at Liverpool... Some of the stuff that he did, his problem was that maybe his finishing wasn't, no, um, yeah, um, wasn't. right up there. But I think yeah. working with Pep, he's done so much better in terms of his position in that Pep is not comp- he's not afraid to play him as a some kind of false nine or, mm-hmm. or something because he he can get behind people and then now he's very calm the way he finishes. You know, I'm, it, I'm really it must be well for, for him you know, personally. It must be such a dream to be able because okay, yes, he's got he's got plenty of, of of pace, but it must be such a dream to play. In front of that midfield, those people. I mean, literally any yeah, of them can. Yeah. I mean, can David, reason, David Silva and, and any of them can play. That I, I think you know. The, over the years, people have criticised Pep for God knows what. You know, oh, he always takes on the easy job. He doesn't yeah. take the challenge. Hasn't won the Champions League outside Barcelona and so forth. But you've got to give him praise for Raheem Sterling. I'm talking about number seventeen. He was wearing right at, at Liverpool, and I, I just look back at that Sterling. And I'm thinking to myself, the Sterling that I see he was today, a, He was a Sean Wright Phillips back right? then. Yeah, you were exactly. Yeah, but right? I, I, I and think, I look at the I, Sterling I think, that I see. And Pep obviously has done something. Pep could have easily said, you know what? I like Sterling, mm. but I can get a Douglas Costa. Yeah. Right? And he stuck with this guy and worked with him and refined him. And arguably, you know, one of Pep's greatest works is what he's done for Sterling. Because he could leave the Premier League, mm. right? given England a heck of a world beater, yeah, right? Not many coaches can do that. A lot of coaches come in and leave teams that are beaters, but I'm talking, Pep literally can leave England saying, I left and I built you guys, mm-hmm. one of your greatest players who at Liverpool, let's face it, was, you know, in and out and, you know, probably yeah. would not have started every game in the future because, yeah. you know, Liverpool would have probably signed, like I said, another more refined yeah. player. Uh, well, I, think, I, I think that if he played with Klopp, I'm sure, I'm sure... He would have gotten better as well. Because oh, look at Sturridge. Because, I mean, Sturridge was firing, and then Klopp comes in, and <laughs> no, then no, before but, you know it. But, but he had injuries. He had a lot of injuries. With with if you, if you look at the players that that were in that Liverpool team under Rodgers when they were struggling, you look at Adam Lallana. You look at even Dejan Lovren. You look at uh, you know I think for me particularly Roberto Firmino. Um, Brendan Rodgers had no clue what to do with him. Yeah. You know, was playing him out, out on the wings sometimes, but you know because he couldn't score. But look at. <laughs> <laughs> but look at look at look at how how himself Adam Lallana before his injuries was probably the, the leader of the press for Liverpool for Liverpool. Um, so a lot of those those I mean when you have those that quality of coaching, you know Pep, uh, Klopp, mm-hmm. um, you know to a large extent, I you know I wouldn't even put Ole in that in that um, 
bracket, but I think that Poch. you know Pochettino yeah. has done tremendous work with them. But with Ole, we'll see as well, you know, because I think um, somehow he's he's put a kind of belief in in Rashford and and uh, Martial, which something Mourinho didn't do. And and that's where I think you know, um, just to quickly touch on this, the sort of next phase of victories that coaches who don't win trophies can have over other coach, uh, um, managers that do win trophies mm. and leads is what they've done to players. Yeah. And I think that was a trend back in the 90s where there were a lot of coaches that didn't win, you know, as you know that, that won trophy-laden, was, um, was, you know, don't have a trophy-laden CV. Yeah. But you could look back and say, man, without this coach, yeah. this guy is not the same. Without, And you like you touched on with Pochettino, Say what you want to say. Pochettino hasn't won a trophy, I so be it. But you cannot deny that he's taken Christian Eriksen, Dele Ali, Harry Kane, Son, yeah, right? Definitely. He's taken those guys to the next level. And I mean, we need to get out of this, oh, but what have they won? What, what, what trophy has he won? We need to, I mean, there's a re- Pochettino always says, I'm also a coach, by the way, right? And I think that's an element that's been lost in football is coaching. Yeah. So many managers complain, no, I don't have the budget, I don't have the budget, the transfer fees, this transfer fees, that. Granted, that is a huge factor, but a lot of coaching still has to happen. Mm. And I think that's where managers today, they're going to be called upon in the future as to, okay, fine, you know, as much as we can give you the money, but you still need to improve players which is your fundamental job as a coach, improve the players. You know, I, 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 before we move on, I, I, you mentioned that and within English football, top flight football anyway, um, someone like Nuno Espirito Santo is doing exactly the same thing at, at, yeah. at, at, at Wolves. He's made them such a fantastic team. You know, they're not going to, you know, win titles, but he's... He's going to beat United next week. Shut your face. <laughs> but uh, he's done, you know, he's done a fantastic... Actually, no, you're not. Actually, no, he might not be lying. The Molyneux is not an easy place to go to. Um, but, you know, he's done such a fantastic job. I go back to someone like Fadlu Davids while he was at Maritzburg United. That period while he was coaching there and what he did with the team, you know, before he left was absolute magic. So I definitely do uh, agree with you in that sense. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a period is coming if it's not here already where, you know, coaches and their imprint is going to be, you know, held in the same regard as trying to win a trophy, you know, like an FA Cup or a League Cup or anything like that. But um, uh, before we close, uh, we're just going to touch on uh, some of the transfers that have happened. Uh, you know, the window is going to come to a close, the European window, uh, and I guess uh, the South African window. Uh, but in England, it has come to a close, well, for incomings anyway. And um, we actually mentioned before we went on air, Alexi Wobi leaving leaving Arsenal for Everton. A bit of a, 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 a shame that, uh, in terms of what you know he had done in the last 12 months to improve. Uh, in Spain, La Liga starts this week. And uh, by all accounts, uh, Barcelona will definitely uh, be starting with Antoine Griezmann up front. Uh, pre-season, his performances, uh, his, his very, very. I mean, look, Antoine, Antoine Griezmann is is a top, top athlete. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't matter where he where he, where he is, he, he makes he makes a mark. I think he's going to leave somehow. You know, I, I I even see him and Suarez having. Quite a formidable. They seem to have, yeah, because he's, he's, a good, you know, Antoine yeah. Griezmann's movement 
is what I like. And also, you know, he's brilliant with, with set pieces, yeah. which is something that Messi usually takes. So maybe he'll give them a, a, an, an option in terms of uh, being able to, mm. to play that. But, you know, talking about Alex, Alex Iwobi... And it's quite good in the air uh, for the guy that... No, yeah, he's, he's a complete striker. Short, uh, you know, the one thing that, that um, you know, we, we picked up with, with, with um, Iwobi, sorry, with Iwobi, which um, Mario sent through earlier, was also about how Everton gained 150,000... Um, they've got a 150,000 uh, Nigerian contingent, which is like... Was, 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 like was it you opening 50,000 no, no, pounds? No, no, no. 0.1% of Nigeria, that also? <laughs> no, which, which, which is not surprising because Everton has had a great history with Nigeria. Yeah, you know, Yakubu, Imeakban. Yeah. Uh, in fact, with, and, with African... Um, with, about, yeah, yeah. This, he, it will be about their fifth Nigerian player that they've mm. had. But since he moved, they, they, they've gone from 90,000 to 150,000, which is... Uh, Massive, and I think that they're, they're going to even grow, grow even more once he starts playing. Because remember, it's, it's, he hasn't played any game. It's a great yet. opportunity for him to, yeah, so, for so. the whole thirty-eight, you know, thirty-eight game uh, season for him to start at least thirty-five of those games and actually, you know, uh, start to meet that potential that we know he has. I think the best uh, sort of part of this transfer for Iwobi is the kind of pressure he won't have to face. Yeah. Yes. Right, and you know, obviously, um, he wasn't. You know, bad timing, you know, and bad place in a sense that Arsenal were in a position transition. of transition. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a large part of the fan base demanded results now. They yeah. wanted, you know, they, there was no period of time to let guys grow into it. Although Iwobi did start under Wenger. But remember, that was under Wenger. Then mm. moved to a new coach mm. who wants something differently. So for a young player, obviously, that's going to take time for him to develop. And, you know... I, I really think that Iwobi could eventually potentially be like another what Arsenal did with Serge Gnabry or what Liverpool did with Sterling. Mm. Because to me, Iwobi needed a, like a, a level of guidance that you know you see with Pep and to his players. That I think if the right, you know, I'm not saying Emery's not the right coach, maybe just needed more time, but there's a spark that you see in that guy that it just takes something to just click and there's a puzzle there and Iwobi is unplayable. And I mean, I'll take you back to the second game of the season against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. He, he was unplayable. Mm. Iwobi was I, unplayable. I, I, I and what... I mean, if you could get that in a 38-game season, you can get that guy to play at least 20 games I like that. Yeah. Right? I, think, I think it was a big mistake to let him go because especially after they, they got him prepared, they got him... You know, the Arsenal team looked like they were... In good shape, then you sell it will be because the thing with, with Ozil is also on a good day, it's probably the best creative player. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, on a good day. Now, <laughs> when is that good day? Now, 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 since he's been at Arsenal, we haven't seen that. So, okay, if, if, I, if I was coach on a good day, since he's been at Arsenal, he hasn't done that <laughs> seven years in, mate. Seven years in. <laughs> If I, was the coach, if I was the coach, no, between, he, between the two, between, between, the, between the two of them, I would have let Ozil go. But he can't. No one wants to take those well, wages, I mean, and now that does Ozil want to take a pay cut? Well, you know, so th 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 that's the thing. So, you know, where where they are now? Then they, 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 I saw a they tremendous. Haven't, they, haven't, they haven't made a good a good. Speaking of social media, I saw a tremendous um, bit of art on social media where they had Una Emery. Uh, it was like one of those split um, uh, pictures. Yeah. So they had Una Emery at the top on the phone. 
and um, the middle picture was that robbery incident and oh, yeah. then below it was another picture of Una Emery looking disappointed <laughs> and the caption said yes Ozil's in the car and then the robbers get there then you see the fight and then Below, uh, below, there's like some conversation and somebody's saying, uh, no, Kalasinic stopped it. And uh, Emre's like, oh, no. So they made it seem like, no, they were actually trying to kidnap Ozil and get him out of Arsenal. But Kalasinic saved him. Uh, well, that's, that's a great way to actually end today's episode. But uh, before we go, um, gentlemen, we could, by the time we meet again, have Neymar at Barcelona. Uh, reports suggest that uh, Barcelona's um, director of football, uh, Eric Abidal, is in France uh, with a board member from Barca to yes, iron out that's true. the talks. <laughs> so we could the- have Griezmann. In fact, it, it looks like it, it really will. It, it actually might happen. A Griezmann, Suarez, Messi, Neymar situation. The talks is that, you know, uh, PSG want money as well, yeah. right? So. They're looking at Usman Dembele and possibly Rakitic. Yeah. But, you know, I think the issue also is, um, you know, uh, PSG cannot also take on too many, you know, people in the same position. Yeah. So they might also want to look in at Mumtiti, apparently. Mm. So Mumtiti might also be the dangling character. But there's a whole lot of uh, logistics that they're going to work out. But uh, as far as that deal goes... and a half weeks to sort it out. As far as that deal goes, you know, I'm not so sure... If Barcelona, you know, are going to be... Ga- you know when they say less is more? Yeah. I'm not sure if Barcelona are going to be gaining with Neymar coming back. Because I'll tell you why I like any Antoine team, Griezmann. Any team right? will gain with, with Neymar. Oh, like Brazil have. Well, look, he's, he's still the talisman. Like PSG have. <laughs> right? My point is that, you know, with but Antoine Neymar, Griezmann... But Neymar delivered right? it for PSG in terms there, of there's, goals. There's a level of professionalism that <laughs> Antoine Griezmann comes with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's there with his collar up. And as much as he's a fun-loving guy, he comes from a Simeone, you know, uh, backroom. So he knows what it's like to knuckle down. Yeah. And Neymar at this stage, there's too much, there's desperation. Okay. I I, I just see a player right now, the Ballon d'Ors that people said you were going to win, the World Cups that people said you are going to win, you haven't won them. And, you know, there's just way, way, way too much desperation but Neymar, for him Neymar to is try still Neymar. That. Neymar is still, he's still one of the, the top three players. And I don't world. disagree with that, but yeah. I don't think Barcelona need that. They do. They got hammered by Liverpool. If, 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 either way, if it does happen, and it does, it's just going to be, I guess Valverde is not going to have any, any sleep because I don't know how you play all four at the same time. Uh, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to find and, a way. I mean, I've been looking at videos and pictures of Luis Suarez. That guy looks fit. He does look lean, fit. Lean, lean. <laughs> the goals that he scored in yeah, Suarez, Suarez is... Suarez is He's a top-class finisher. Uh, you, you know, there was a period last season, again, before we close, where I think probably a lot of world football thought he might be finished because he was missing chances that, you know, Suarez gobbles up for, for fun. Uh, but he, again, he, he came up against look, Liverpool, that's why. Please, he does look clean. He does look sharp. And, um, you know, again, this is a Barcelona side that is yet to fully welcome back Lionel Messi to the picture. And imagine that happens. And now you've got Neymar to deal with as well. It might not just be 5-0 when it comes to the El Clasico. It might be a 6 or 7. But uh, that is 
basically, uh, the show for today, uh, we will have La Liga up and running by the time we uh, congregate once again. Uh, Premier League will be in its second week and we would have had the MTN 8 as well. So good luck to all the eight teams playing in the opening round of Wafa Wafa. Uh, Sorry we'll to see. you're not one of them. Shut your face. <laughs> good luck to all of them and uh, we certainly hope for one or two shocks when it comes to the weekend in the MTN 8 but from myself Loazi Zikubu Ola Makwaza and uh, next time we meet we'll be we'll, we'll, Liverpool will win the second uh, European title Emeka Anyadiki is signing off wow okay Go yeah I think that's great. yeah that's how we close <laughs> Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football tribalists to contribute to the show pose a topic of debate or just complain about your favorite team. Send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. That's plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. Or send us a text message starting with hashtag Pitch Invasion. Remember to follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded.